UMass is finally back home at Mullen Center with a very weird midweek game against Brown. We got all the details for you guys about this one coming up, so let's go. Everybody and welcome to episode 62 of High Character. The weird stretch of games for UMass Hockey continues. We have another midweek game, a Tuesday night at Mullins, out of conference. They're playing Brown uh, at Mullins Center. Should be an interesting one. First game of 2023, the third game of the second half of the season so far, and we're, we're excited for it. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? Yeah, you are... Uh... You let off the episode with something that I wasn't expecting, which was the weird stretch of games. I figured I would mention that. But, yeah, you summed it up very well. Um, Tuesday night game, I almost forgot that it was literally coming along, like, quite honestly. it Like, when you mentioned that we were recording tonight, I was like, wait, for what? And then I remembered, oh, shit, like, we're, we're playing tomorrow. Like, it's, it's a Tuesday night game. Like, what is going on here? But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it nonetheless. I think uh, – I don't, I don't want to even talk about Brown and what I think about their season so far because I know it's going to backfire. So I'm just going to say I think, I think we'll put on a, a strong showing, and I'm interested to see how, how we do tomorrow night. I'm going, to, I'm going to leave it at that and not delve any farther for now. Yeah, I'm interested as well. Um, if you guys want to hear our thoughts on the team at the moment, you can listen to our last episode, the recap of the Quick Trip Holiday Faceoff. We had a lot of things to say um, about where the team is at the moment. One thing that's for sure, uh, this Brown team that comes in, uh, like Dartmouth team that we played, or Lake Superior State, sorry, team that we played last game, uh, they come in very poor. They're four, nine, and two. Um, a lot of bad losses on their schedule. They do have one win against Providence, which looks really good. But other than that, their, uh, their other wins are against bottom dweller teams in the pairwise. So um, not a heavy hitting opponent. They don't score many goals. Uh, this is a game UMass really needs to win. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think the best comparison, like you said, is going to be the Lake Superior State game. I'm hoping to see another showing like that because realistically, I don't think we played that bad in that game. You know, I think the scoreline could have been much, much worse in that game. We had way more chances than a 4-1 scoreline would suggest. So assuming we can keep that up, you know, I think I think we're giving ourselves a really, really good chance on – I'm assuming, well, I mean, we're not, I'm not even going to get to that point yet. I mean, we're going to talk about the goalies and everything, but um, I, I think the one thing I will highlight is I'm interested to see who plays for UMass. I guess, like, I, I, think, I think the goalie situation is pretty set in stone, in my opinion, but I am curious to see if lines do get switched around or if certain people play or not, because I've been pretty vocal recently on some people that may, you know, they could use a game out of the lineup and Again, not trying to discredit Brown because I really don't want to start discrediting teams, but I think that if there is a time and a place for players to maybe take a seat, you know, every now and then, I think this this opponent may be the opportunity to do so before we get back into the Hockey East slate against some really, really tough opponents. Yeah, and uh, UMass is going to be shorthanded yet again coming in. Uh, their record is 8-7-3 and three now on the season. You guys know the story, a couple of really big wins to start. They really uh, slid off then built it back a little bit. And then it's been a, a bit questionable since that friendship four 
in Belfast. Uh, they are shorthanded. They have a few players out still. Kenny Connors and Ryan Ufko both are at World Juniors. They played uh, tonight, which is Tuesday night. So they will not be here. And we have to assume that Reed Lebster is still going to be out. So that's three of your four top scorers right there. Um, little housekeeping thing going into, uh, we wanted to say a little congratulations to Kolohara. Um, he had a pretty good week last week. He earned himself Rookie of the Week honors. So uh, good for Kolohara. The reason I bring it up now, he bumped himself up to fifth on the um, the scoring Ooh. sheet for UMass. So pretty impressive stuff from the the freshman. Yeah, he's been he's been on a tear as of last week. He really really showed his stuff. Same thing with Bollinger. They were both leaping up the uh, the point chart, if you will. We're gonna keep doing some more housekeeping stuff. I feel like Ryan Ufko deserves a quick shout out. He played out of his mind, and I think it was like an eleven to one or eleven nothing win against Germany. I think he had five primary assists or four. Don't remember off the top of my head, but. He was absolutely killing it. I think Kenny Connors got himself a goal in that, in that game as well. So both of our USA hockey contributors have been doing their thing, which is very, very cool to see. And, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, we could round out our uh, our leading scorers conversation. So um, first and second are Connors and Lebster, who we imagine won't be playing tomorrow. Uh, third place is Scott Morrow. Uh, you heard our thoughts about um, him lately. He has four goals and 10 assists, so he's still producing. He's at the top of that um, scoring sheet. Ufko in fourth at 13, and Kolo Hara um, rounding out the top five with 12 points uh, with a big weekend last weekend. So uh, that is the top five scores for UMass. On the Brown side of things, like I mentioned at the start, they don't score very much. Their leading scorer has only 12 points on the season. It's Ryan Bottrill. He has six goals and six assists. But uh, he's really it for production. They, you look up and down their score sheet, very low numbers. Um, and the, the 2.1 goals per game show that as well. Yeah, I mean, just looking up and down their list, really not a whole lot going on. Um, a lot of penalties from certain guys. Um, I'm seeing two of their defensemen with 30-plus penalty minutes, which is pretty nuts. And then two other guys with over 15, they both kept 17 apiece. So they uh they definitely know how to take penalties or at least for some of their players especially their defensemen which is pretty huge um one thing i did want to mention before we go any farther that we haven't really touched upon probably for the past month or so ever since the injury happened i wonder when lyndon alger comes back i think i think he'll be a pretty big addition back to our kind of depleted defensive core right now especially like experience wise i mean he's a junior right now so i think he'll He'll provide a lot when he does end up coming back. I think it was a leg thing that happened to him. You know, that was probably what a month, month and a half ago now. It's been quite a bit. So I am curious to see when he comes back. Um, hopefully it's sooner rather than later, because I think you know he could be a big addition back in the lineup. But just because we were talking about injuries and people missing before, I feel like, you know, depending on the severity of the injury, again, I don't really know a whole lot about what happened, but hopefully it could be in the next week or two. I mean, I'm not sure if it'll even be around this time, but um just wanted to touch upon that really quickly just to, you know, we didn't forget about him. I'm just hoping that, you know, he'll, he'll be coming back pretty soon. That'd be ideal. Yeah. That'd be pretty nice for the defenseman depth. Uh, we've seen coach Carvel mess with it a lot over the, the last few games, trying to see what works with what he has uh, switching those last couple spots out here and there. Um, so that would be big for UMass's depth to get him back. We, we haven't really heard anything. So um, we're just kind of hoping at this point that, uh, his timetable from earlier was correct. So should hopefully not be too much longer for him. And speaking of coach Carville kind of messing with the lineup, uh, we can talk about the goalie situation now. Yeah. So 
Um, Luke Pavicic is the guy and, and will be going forward. But after the first game in Wisconsin, uh, he got yanked for Henry Graham to start. Uh, and that was because um, Lake Superior State, not a good opponent, uh, really wanted to energize the team, I guess, with a move. And I don't know, he Henry Graham got the got the win and last time out against a similar opponent. So I guess there's a chance that he plays, but I still think it's going to be Luke Pavisic if I had to gun to my head. Yeah, no, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. Again, plaudits to Henry Graham when it's due. He, he got the job done. He did his thing, but I think it was meant to be a one-off. I mean, I really, you know, you give Luke Pavisic the night off. Again, we know that Cole Brady's in the theoretical dog mansion, not even the dog house right now because he's not even out here playing. I mean, Again, that's a whole separate kind of side quest, if you will, to try and figure out what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I think, I think you know, as Henry Graham, you know, you give Pavisic a breather after an off night where he had a couple goals that he probably could have wanted back. And it seems like a lot of the puck luck really just wasn't going his way around the crease. So it was just a tough outing for him in total. So Graham, you know, pat on the back. He got the job done. He, you know, your watch has ended. You know what I mean? In like Game of Thrones terms, basically, you know, I think. You give, you give it back to Pavisic, who's, who's been the guy, like Carby said multiple times, and you, you let him be the guy once again going into this week. You know, again, I think, I think that means that Pavisic is going to be on a bit of a shorter leash. I'm not sure if that necessarily means that we're going to start looking to Graham at every moment, trying to throw him in there into the fire whenever humanly possible. But I think that means, you know, now we have, we have three guys who can play. You know, that's good to know that you have, you know, where, where we have a lot of areas in this team where depth may be a little bit concerning. I guess we have decent goalie depth, which is pretty cool. You know, that's, that's a nice little, you know, a decent thing to look at, but uh, yeah, I, like you said, gun to my head, I'm going Pavisic 99 out of a hundred times here. Yeah, for sure. And just to close it out, Pavisic's numbers, he's started 13 games, 926 save percentage and 2.8 goals per game, 2.48 goals per game. So not too shabby there. On the Brown side for goaltending, you will see one guy. His name is Matthew Karen. He started 15 games. His backup has only gotten three minutes of action this season, so it's safe to say that Karen will get the start. His his stats are 2.44 goals per game and a 9.23 save percentage, so pretty high save percentage. Stats are very comparable to Luke Pavisic, actually, which I guess shows uh, how little this Brown team scores. They're not getting them very many wins. Yeah, I mean, dude's just not getting goal support, as simple as that. His numbers are quite decent, and especially for a what would be considered a less than considerable, you know, just overall team in front of him, he's getting the job done. So so fair play to Matthew Caron there. You know, he's, he's doing his thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, when your backup goaltender has faced two shots, basically, and with three minutes on the ice, and he let in one of those shots, he's, he's not – his stats aren't looking too good. I don't really think he's going to be the trusted guy, so – when you're rocking a, a 20 goals against average and a 500 save percentage, it's like, dude, what's going on here? So it's definitely going to be Karan going forward, you know, for, for this team. And uh, hopefully we can, we can turn him into some Swiss cheese. That'd be, that'd be definitely ideal. Try and ruin his confidence a little bit. And maybe we can get, uh, get some more goals in on that backup. If we can chase him out of the net, that'd definitely be ideal. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into our keys of the game conversation. Right before we started, you said something pretty interesting to me. I think the, people would be interested in hearing it about Brown and their uh, allowing scoring. 
Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I noticed when I was checking out their schedule is they have four wins on the season and all four of those wins have come when they limit their opposing team to two goals or less, which is ideally what you want in any sort of hockey game. You know what I mean? Like any, you ask any NCAA D1 coach, they're going to say, if, you, if you're limiting your team to two goals or less, you're, you're going to win the game, you know, most of the time. You know, I'm pretty sure Carvey's even been on the record of saying that. So, I mean, this is not an unpopular opinion, but that just shows you that if they're going into, you know, a barn burner type game, they're not winning these seven, six, you know, eight, seven games. It's not going to happen. So if you can get your goals in on them, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a really good position. So it's going to sound a little stupid at the end of the day, but like, if, you, if we can score on, on, on this Brown team, we're, we're going to look good. You know what I mean? Cause they're not going to be able to match us goal for goal, you know, granted, I'm probably not eating my words at the end of this when we're doing the recap episode because I'm so confident when I say this now because anytime I say something with this sort of certainty, it always bites me in the ass later on. So, you know, this is probably like one of those moments before disaster, you know, crazy quotes type of videos, but that's that's how I'm feeling right now. But statistics are backing me up on this, so I can only go off of what I'm seeing on paper right now, but that's how I feel. Yeah, and uh, the numbers don't lie, but there is uh, still reason to – take this team seriously for sure i mentioned at the top there one big win it was on the road at schneider arena against a ranked providence team they got the win in a in a big uh they're both both teams play in providence so like a big regional matchup um highly anticipated game they went and got the win on the road so uh they do have the ability to do it it's just few and far between but if they do limit their their team their opponent in terms of goals, uh, they can get the job done. So definitely somebody UMass should still be taken carefully. Um, some other stats that I found, they're really bad on face-offs, uh, 41.9%, which is the lowest that I've seen all season from a team. So uh, we know UMass is pretty stellar in that. They're at 52.8% uh, right now. So definitely a, a zone that they have to take advantage of for sure. And then uh, another thing that I like to check out in my stats just keep this in the back of your mind. They have four major penalties this season. So uh, last last game we did call um, the major penalty for um, UMass's opponent. So just keep it in the back of your mind. They could get a little chippy or, or a little reckless. But, uh, yeah, based on everything I see, UMass got to win this game. I think the pairwise is either going to stay the same or go slightly down even with a win. So um, you got to win this one. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of the scary part is that when we ended the previous episode with these are must win games just for pairwise implications, you know, we, we kind of saw what happened at the end of the Clarkson game. So I'm a little bit nervous saying that and kind of putting a little bit of extra pressure on this game. But that's just the reality of it going forward. I feel like every game, you know, if unless we're playing like, you know, a top five team at that point, you have to think of it as like, you know, if, if our season truly wants to go any farther than just the end of the hockey is playoffs, we're going to have to do more you know what I mean we have to expect big wins going forward so yeah I mean that's just the reality of the situation um I don't know if we want to move into like a quick sort of like keys of the game type thing like we usually do because there's one that I have right off the top of my head we Go gotta we it. gotta pepper this goalie with shots man we have to make him uncomfortable as humanly possible because realistically I think the only chance that Brown would have of beating us is if their goalie stands on his absolute head and makes like 45 saves on mm-hmm. us like that's basically how they've gotten most of their wins so far. Again, it's all about limiting goals to two or less for their opposing team. So if we can make him really uncomfortable and get a couple early ones on him, I think that's a wrap personally. You know, I, I just, 
the moment that we we show that we can that we have the offensive advantage on them, I think everything's going to fall into place after that. But that doesn't mean that we have to overcommit and do stupid stuff because I think that's happened recently where we try and dominate possession a little bit too much and then we get burned when it comes to try and pinch up, you know, on the puck or you know have our defenseman too far forward trying to cycle possession in the zone. Like we have to also remain very defensively responsible because, like we saw at the end of the Clarkson game we started to get extremely defensively irresponsible and the other team would notice that and they could capitalize, you know, it's, we, we can't give the other team any sort of, you know, ability to claw back into the game whatsoever. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I really have any keys to the game. I just want to see uh, that effort level there. Uh, Mm -hmm. It wasn't there for all 60 minutes of each of the last two games. And this uh, does seem like a game where that energy can dip a little bit being a weeknight. Uh, no students uh, in the middle of the winter, like has all the makings of a kind of slow, um, quiet game. And the team just needs to let that not happen. They need to keep their foot on the gas and go. So uh, yeah, I think that's all there is to it. If they, if they do that, they will get the job done and they will get a win here. So that is what we are asking. It doesn't seem like a big ask. And like we said, it is an absolute must win at this point. UMass is, 16th in the pairwise, which is currently out of the NCAA tournament. So uh, they got to get the job done. It's as simple as that. Yeah, no, there's really, I mean, I think we've kind of don't want, don't want to beat the theoretical dead horse too much here. I mean, that's just, it's as simple as that. So I fully agree with you and I'm hoping we get the job done tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We will be there in attendance. Not sure how big the attendance is going to be, but uh, we will be some of those folks in the crowd. So you're there. Give us a holler. Let us know. Um, UMass looking to get geared up for their Saturday outdoor game at Fenway Park, which should be pretty cool. Uh, Winter Classic just happened in Fenway's an absolutely awesome venue. So should be a great time, but can't look past this game to get there. So yeah, you, you want to give us a little bit of a quick rundown as to your frozen Fenway or your Winter Classic experience, kind of gear the guys up for what they're going to be seeing on, uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I uh, we're filming this on the day of uh, the Winter Classic, and I was there. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. It was my first time ever going to a NHL outdoor game, and it was everything. It was it's made up to be. Um, the weather was perfect. The rink beautiful. The seats were fully packed with uh, black and gold, mostly because both teams are black and gold. So it all looked like a sea of black and gold. Um, the Boston pops were, were playing for a lot of it. They played dirty water when the Bruins won, which was very cool. They had all all the ceremony stuff and the pyrotechnics. It was all cool. The, the hockey East won't be as, as, um, as elaborate, festive and elaborate as that. Yeah. But, uh, the venue, just the way they oriented the ice this time, uh, with it being parallel with the monster is like perfect. Like it looks so cool. So uh, it should be a phenomenal time. If you're, if you're a UMass fan, you should be making it high priority to be getting to Frozen Fenway. I don't think the weather is going to be too bad, so um, you should definitely do it. It's, it'll be well worth it. Sounds good, man. I'm really happy to hear that because I sadly could not attend the Winter Classic. So, uh, well, I guess I couldn't. I mean, I could have. I chose not to, but mm-hmm. beside the point. But I'm definitely looking forward to Frozen Fenway now because that sounded like a glowing review of the venue. So. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, we want to see everybody there. Obviously, I'm not trying to like hype up the frozen frozen Fenway. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody. It seems like you're already in or you're out at this point. I feel like not a lot of last minute tickets are going to get bought for that. But uh, 
yeah, definitely looking forward to that nonetheless. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, if, if anything, it's a spectacle for sure that you should see. Um, yeah, that's all we got. Looking forward to this Brown game tomorrow. And like we said, Frozen Fenway coming up this weekend. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Let's get a win tomorrow night. Very important. Very. 